Hey there, hope you're doing well. In this video, uh, this is not going to be a technical podcast. It's in, in the sense that I'm going to take a particular uh, specific engineering or development problem and talk you through a solution. Uh, but but regardless, it is uh, it is technology related uh, in some way, form or shape. I'm going to talk about uh, myths, some of the most common myths when it comes to software engineering. Um, and, and I have a list here and hopefully uh, it, uh, that list resonates with you. But I'm just going to share my opinion based on my experience and, and work that I've done over these years. The first one is and the myth is around being uh, becoming or being a good software engineer or, or you know, let, let, let's go through the list. Right. The first one is going to a good school, a great college, uh, one that's highly ranked. People tend to believe that to end up in a in a job or a career where you're doing some really cool stuff, uh, you would have ha- you almost you have to go to one of these uh, highly ranked schools. Uh, I don't believe that is the case, right? Now, sure, if you did go to one of those schools, uh, you may end up in one of those jobs uh, probably earlier on in your career, or you, the chance of landing one of those jobs is probably a little bit much higher for you. But outside of that, uh, I, I think it's all right. I mean, we've come to a point here in 2022 where all that matters is how much how much you know what you really know so even if you went to a great school you did that for four years maybe longer maybe shorter and then you come out not knowing exactly what the market needs then i don't believe you're in any better position and i i kind of strongly feel that the colleges have not caught up with what the real world needs i felt it that way when i went to college like decades ago and i uh, i mean having worked closely with students who are working towards graduation at this point of time, I uh, have little to believe that it has actually changed. Uh, it hasn't changed much at all. So if you if you are one of those people who wanted to go to a great school but probably didn't end up being going to one, don't lose heart or, or hope because you shouldn't. All that matters is what you actually do know when you graduate or soon enough. So you're actually prepared to enter the world of engineering as to what I think you might need that probably uh, warrants a separate video altogether. So I'll not go into the details, but please uh, don't tell yourself that just because I didn't make it to one of these great schools that I'm actually uh, not in a good position to, to find that, that interesting piece of work. That's not true. Number two, the second myth, living in a technology city like Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, or, or if it's India, they call it, they call Bangalore the Silicon Valley of India or something along those lines. I think it's, it's probably fine. I've never lived in one of those cities. I live in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Uh, I, I don't know where this stands in terms of tech cities, but surely we don't, I, I don't believe we have as many startups. I don't think so, right? Uh, but but it doesn't matter. Uh, if you still, if you wanted to do something in particular, in specific, even before, you know, uh, the, the situation we find ourselves in where most people are working remotely, uh, predating that, uh, you still were able to, and you will, you are able to today, and you will be able to tomorrow, find work that you want to do that's interesting that kind of keeps uh, your brain ticking regardless of where you live maybe living in one of these tech cities might uh, may have made things easier in the past but personally i have not felt the need at all i had the opportunity more than once to relocate uh, to the bay area um, i just didn't feel the urge I, I don't like travel but regardless i didn't feel the urge at least uh, maybe better weather Maybe something else would have been a uh, more reasonable, uh, justifiable factor. But being able to do high quality work, I don't think so. I've lived here most all my life, actually, in uh, work life. Uh, I would say 95% of my work life. And I take absolute pride in every single work, uh, every project that I've done and every product that I've built. And that's all I've done all of my life. So 
I mean, it's it's great if you lived in one of those cities coincidentally, but I'm not sure if you have to necessarily relocate yourself if you're not the kind of person who actually wants to do that. Now, if you want to do it, more power to you, right? Then that's fine. But it, the, the myth is that, that you have to do it, which I don't think so. Point number three, um, the, the third myth, sorry, is uh, working for a huge comp software company, right? And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes they say live and learn, right? I, I'm not calling out for these myths by by not making some of these quote-unquote mistakes myself. Maybe they're mistakes, maybe they're not. But I discovered them as myths after doing these, right? Uh, uh, so the, th the third one is working for a huge software company. Now, you know, when you say Fang, like Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Tesla, Google, Microsoft, they're cool, obviously, right? They do great stuff. But are those the only ones that do great stuff? I don't think so, right? Uh, there are a lot of places, a lot of small companies, startups do phenomenal stuff. And then... Uh, they become those companies one day, right? So it uh, you don't have to be working for one of those large organizations to do high quality work. Now, the type of work is surely going to differ. And again, we can do a different, we, I can do a different video to, to speak to that as well. But I think, uh, I mean, every place has its pros and cons. But if someone tells you that you have to be working for one of these uh, nice branded names so you can do high quality software engineering or development work, uh, send them my way, right? I can share my opinion with them as well. I don't think that's the case at all, right? Um, myth number four, working on a cool problem. Now, what I mean by a cool problem is sometimes, you know, when someone explains a problem to you, it sounds very cool, right? It's, it seems very, it sounds very complex. It sounds like super, uh, I don't know, attractive. Uh, and probably, it probably is attractive. I'm not saying that those are, they're not attractive, cool, interesting, difficult problems out there. But don't uh, you know judge the the kind of work you might be doing or someone might be doing based on how cool or not so cool it might look or sound to you. Because I've you know during the course of my career and doing building projects for small, really small, mid-size and large companies, and most of my career I've actually built uh, products and platforms from scratch. Like I think 90% of my experience is actually writing code from scratch, and I've I've worked with really really small. Uh, companies and even individuals who had just a little bit of money and want to build something, see something through the production, right? Uh, in whatever capacity. Now the problems may not, like I, uh, there was a time I spoke to somebody who wanted to build a, uh, I didn't end up picking up that work. I just didn't, it didn't work out for me at that point of time. Uh, but they did want my help to building something that related to garages, right? Software that's associated with parking garages. So now uh, without going to the details of the specific problem, it, it doesn't sound like super exciting, right? I mean, parking garages are probably one of the most boring things on earth. But the thing is, right, whether you're sending a, a, a satellite to space or, or launching rockets or building stuff for the garage, it doesn't matter because that's the beauty of software. It's, it's what you do, how complex the problem ends up being, right? What your requirements are, uh, how soon you need to see that through the production, right? What, what stack you're building it on. So a lot of those factors actually play a role in making the problem interesting or not so interesting or outright boring. But it's not, uh, so the, the the coolness of the problem as you perceive it, just because it sounds complex and cool doesn't doesn't mean that, that the, that's cooler than something else. So give every problem that someone explains to you, uh, it's due respect before you make that decision, right? Okay, the next myth, getting paid a lot of, a lot of money, right? A lot of dollars. Of course, sure, everyone wants to get paid a lot. Who doesn't want to, right? I mean, everyone deserves to get paid a lot more than they probably actually get paid. But uh, I don't think how much someone gets paid is has any bearing on the quality of the work that they do. 
and I can tell you because I've picked up projects that have paid me a wide variety of, uh, you know, there's a wide gamut of rates they have charged. Uh, because I, I actually end up charging lesser if I think the problem is more complex. Uh, and it might sound counterintuitive, uh, maybe to some of you, but it's because when you want to solve a more complex problem, you're okay to not getting paid as much. Maybe the client doesn't have that kind of money, right? So you have two options, either reject them or still pick up the problem because you're interested more in the problem than the money that comes out of it, as long as it's, it's, it makes your time worthwhile. Um, so just be, and on the flip side, I've done projects that have paid a lot of money and they've not been that complex, right? They've actually been reasonably boring, uh, if you know what I mean. So the, the, how much you get paid, this, the, uh, how much money a project has, has no bearing on the quality of work that someone or you might end up doing there, right? So that's, that's another myth that I've seen that people believe that more the money, the better the more complex the project or more interesting the work. Uh, the next one, having an enviable title. Um, and now this one's tricky because personally I've never had one other than, I don't know, maybe my best title was like a senior engineer or maybe an architect, or I don't know. Uh, I don't even recall because I don't honestly care. A lot of my contracts, the way I write, it's written, we need Snowpal to do X, Y, and Z, right? It, it doesn't matter. We need Krish to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, what Krish's role is or title is, nobody knows. The contract doesn't say, I don't know, I don't care, right? As long as, you know, I, I like what I'm solving, I'm happy solving that problem. And these titles, sometimes they're much more fancier in, on LinkedIn and you publish them than when they are actually uh, out, you know, outside. I'm getting to the, uh, the 10 minute mark. It's actually, my videos are not shot at all. I'm gonna cut here abruptly and then pick it up in the next video, right? It's gonna be a second two-part video. Before I end this one, if you haven't checked us out already, sign up on snowpal.com, download our apps and manage your workload better. Thank you.